At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome to VEASAN's Hardwood Handicappers. Now here's your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. All right, folks, now we get to the good stuff, right? The NBA, final day of the regular season. There was a lot going on today. There still is a lot going on. I'm actually kind of disappointed. They've really spaced these games out. So we don't get another contest tipping off for 45 minutes, and we'll get to those games as well because they still carry quite a bit of weight. We're getting news on whether or not certain teams will play their guys, how this playoff picture is shaking out at this moment. Uh, but we do have four finals in the books in the NBA, and it's important because all four of the teams that were involved in the Eastern Conference play-in race, well, their seasons are done. So we at least now have a clear picture on what the Eastern Conference play-in is going to look like. So both play-in tournaments set and ready to go. In the Eastern Conference, the Brooklyn Nets will be hosting the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Atlanta Hawks will be hosting the Charlotte Hornets. Now, all four teams won today. Uh, so, and um, yeah, I hate doing this usually, but uh, on the last day of the uh, regular season where you have all these inflated prices and really no way to lay big numbers, the case in point, you take a look at like a Brooklyn team, for example, that was laying a massive number, only one by eight over the uh, Indiana Pacers, but did throw in a five-team money line parlay with Brooklyn, Charlotte, Cleveland, and Atlanta. So we'll see if Utah can bring it home because they're going to be the fifth leg here in Utah, a massive favorite over the Portland Trailblazers. Jazz need to win um, to clinch their seating up. But we'll get to that a little bit later in the show. But this matters now because now we at least know what the picture is going to be. Everybody jockeying for position in the Eastern Conference, allegedly looking to avoid the Brooklyn Nets. I think Brooklyn should be looking to avoid a, like a, a team like the Milwaukee Bucks, which looks like that is going to be the case here. But you see the playoff picture as it stands. Well, that's officially set now, at least at the bottom of that. So what we're waiting for is, of course, the winner of that 7-8 matchup who will move on to take on the Milwaukee Bucks as it currently stands. Again, the Celtics have yet to play. 
Celtics win that game against the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, they will move up to that two seed. And uh, we have this madness going on with the Philadelphia 76ers taking on the Toronto Raptors. Uh, it looks like in that matchup, but they have a game later today. Uh, and let's hit on all these early evening games now because this is going to kind of clear up the Eastern Conference picture. Then we're really going to get into the Western Conference as a whole. Uh, but we'll start with Boston and Memphis. So a, a win with a Milwaukee loss for the Boston Celtics will make Boston the number two seed. Well, what's interesting about what's going to happen here now is Philadelphia is going to sit their guys. Joel Embiid is not going to play. James Harden is not going to play. It's the second night of a back-to-back. Embiid has clinched the scoring title. There's no need for him to get out there. Sometimes you'll see that, right? We saw Drew Holiday today make a ceremonial start and then foul and immediately leave because he had a contract situation where if he played one more game, he would get a $300,000 bonus. Uh, That was the only bonus situation today uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks and for the entirety of the NBA. So 76ers, it looks like, are just chalking up the fact that they're going to be playing the Toronto Raptors in the first round. That makes it pretty fascinating. Now, Philadelphia can still win this game. We saw them, of course, uh, beat the the Miami Heat um, without some of their key role players, uh, what, two weeks ago or so? So it's not a given that Philadelphia is going to lose this game, but at least Joel Embiid and James Harden aren't going to take the floor. So that impacts Boston because if they lose and Philadelphia wins, Boston becomes the four seed, and they will meet with Toronto. The problem there is, and this is why I think Boston is going to still be motivated to win this game against the Memphis Grizzlies potentially, uh, is the fact that if they go to Toronto, right, Philadelphia only has to worry about Matisse Leibel. The Boston Celtics reportedly have to worry about Jalen Brown and Al Horford, who would not be available, on top of Robert Williams, who was already injured. So as we talk about these teams really messing around with position and maybe losing on purpose or trying to avoid certain teams, it does seem that Boston does have the motivation here to win this game because I don't think they want to end up in a first-round series with the Toronto Raptors, be forced to sit two guys on top of already missing one of their best defenders, and then be a very, very fragile favorite. And I think they'd be a slight favorite in that series still regardless because it would only be road games, uh, but be a very fragile favorite in a first-round series after your year that they had. So with that, I would assume that Boston will be uh, the two seed, just projecting that they have the motivation here to win. And Memphis for themselves, by the way, today, Steven Adams is not going to play. Desmond Bain, questionable. Brandon Clark, questionable. Uh, Dylan Brooks is not going to play. John Morant is not going to play. Jaron Jackson Jr. is not going to play. So the Memphis Grizzlies seem pretty well set on sitting this thing out, at least in terms of the regulars, and moving on to the postseason, which they have nothing to play for. They have clinched up the two seed. So Boston, as a result, as we stand right now, about 45 minutes, 40 minutes before tip, Seven-point favorite with a total of 224. And I want to stress this when it comes to these. And this is why I threw in the uh, the cheesy Moneyline parlay earlier today, which was, and actually that number's up to 8.5 now. I just refreshed my screen. So Boston 8.5 with a total of 224. Um, you as a better, right, you're not getting any discounts. It's funny, the, the market responds to motivation and gives it like a point total or a point spread implication. When really that's not the case. You know, I'm motivated, to, as I make the joke all the time, I'm motivated to be a millionaire, and yet that has that has yet to happen. Just because you're motivated to do something doesn't mean that you're going to do it. Case in point, just because the Celtics are motivated here doesn't mean that they're going to cover 8.5, which is a number across the board right now on the screen against the Memphis Grizzlies. And you look across the board, too, for these early games. As I mentioned, the Brooklyn Nets close 16.5-point favorites over the Indiana Pacers. They do not cover that number, and partly because of their defense, which we'll get to um, momentarily, the Charlotte Hornets came back and they ended up beating the Washington Wizards and covering their big number, but you could have gotten a much better in-game price because they were down early to the Washington Wizards. So I would always caution you when you're talking about laying these big numbers for teams that have something to play for, um, 
it's definitely not worth your salt. You're not getting a lot of value there when it comes to those situations. So that's Boston and Memphis. Toronto and New York also going to tip off in um, about 40 minutes from now, 45 minutes from now. On the screen, Toronto, you're looking at an opener of five with a total of 225.5, but now pick across the board right now. And Toronto, too, locked into the five seed, nothing to play for in any way whatsoever. You take a look at the injury report for them, uh, and it's, um, of course, there's a lot of guys on here. Fred Van Vliet's not going to play. Pascal Siakam's not going to play. OG Ananobi is questionable. He's been missing time here. DraftKings has his Toronto minus one, but neither team really has anything to play for. And this is one of those where both teams are kind of sitting this out and getting ready for the offseason because the Knicks are sitting their own dudes too. R.J. Barrett's not going to play today. Quentin Grimes, uh, Miles McBride, both questionable, as is Mitchell Robinson. So this is going to be a battle of some G League and C-string guys uh, that really have no implications in any way whatsoever. Raptors are locked in. New York Knicks are going to go on vacation. And so from here, it's like one of those games that's pretty easy to scratch off. The same thing with Miami and Orlando. Because Miami has clinched the number one overall seed. They have nothing to play for uh, in this matchup, too. And when you look at what their situation is from an injury standpoint, you know Jimmy Butler's not going to play. Dwayne Dedman's not going to play. P.J. Tucker is out. And Gabe Vincent is questionable. And even the guys that are going to get some run here for the Miami Heat, there's very much the potential by the time third quarter starts. These guys are in street clothes and just sitting back and watching the end of this game and getting ready for the postseason, which doesn't begin until Saturday, by the way. Keep that in mind, too, as you're talking about some of these games. You know, some guys maybe just want to keep their bodies warm, get some action, and then get out of the game. But a lot of these teams aren't playing until Saturday, Sunday. We're talking about a full week off for a lot of these clubs um, because of this playing tournament that's going to take place over the course of the next five days. And it leads teams to maybe handle these uh, a little bit differently. So Miami, again, nothing to play for. Odds on this as we look ahead. Uh, Miami is an eight-point favorite with a total of 218.5. Some spots as high as 8.5 there. And then Philly down to that six and a half point spread with a total of 221 in this matchup with the Detroit Pistons. Pistons who continue to play some pretty good basketball down the stretch here, uh, but they too, from a injury standpoint, I do have some question marks on how they're going to handle this. Marvin Bagley's not going to play. Jeremy Grant's not going to play. As we know, his season has been done. Corey Joseph not going to play here and Kate Cunningham questionable. And as a young team, I think they're very much looking forward to next year, especially a guy like Kate Cunningham. Don't want to risk too much in a final meaningless game as you look ahead to what can be a promising year next year for the Pistons. So we'll see if that's going to be the case. But as you kind of look forward and we know that these play-in games are set and we're going to start to see these numbers appear, what becomes interesting to me, we're going to get in depth with with both Will Hill and Tom Byrne, who's going to join us in about 20 minutes from now, is that team at the top, the Brooklyn Nets, who have been the story for a really long time now. Uh, Is A lot of these teams allegedly are looking to avoid Brooklyn, but I can't keep this from my mind. And let's look at a game like today for Brooklyn which again, they get the win over the Indiana Pacers, 134 to 126. But against the Indiana Pacers, you have a defensive rating of 121.2 in a game that was a a high-paced game. They had had 104 possessions, but this has been the problem with Brooklyn all year long. This defense has not been good. KD and Kyrie together form a very dynamic offensive pair, but defensively, this team has a lot of shortcomings. And so now we're talking about the big picture, not only just making out of the play-in, which keep in mind, the best situation happened for them. Having Cleveland beat up on the Milwaukee Bucks today, they wanted Cleveland in the first round. They have lost games recently in the last two weeks to both Charlotte and Atlanta. Remember the most recent one being Atlanta uh, when they lost to them at home with KD dropping 55 points and still falling in that game. But by no means is Brooklyn, I think, a cinch, even against Cleveland, to make it out of the play and given the level of defense that they have played and making it into the next round against a Boston or a Milwaukee. That is also no given, given how well both teams can play offensively given that they have dynamic wings and good guard play too between those two teams. 
If you look at just the last few games and some of the opponents that have given Brooklyn trouble, the Houston Rockets young duo, Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr. combined for over 60 points on over 50% shooting the other day. They were 17.5 point underdogs. LaMelo Ball, the Charlotte Hornets, gave them trouble in that contest. Then, of course, we know the Trey Young and the Atlanta Hawks went in there and got that win, as we just mentioned. So good perimeter play has really bothered this Boston, excuse me, this Brooklyn Nets team, and they're going to get that in both a series with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics should they move on. And should they lose? Well, they're awaiting. They're going to take on the winner, and either one of those teams is going to be a problem considering that both of them have a win over the Boston, or excuse me, the Brooklyn Nets in recent months, or in recent weeks, actually. So uh, Brooklyn by no means a cinch. So I don't think the, uh, the narrative that the Eastern Conference is fearing the Brooklyn Nets, I think, is a little overblown. All right, with that... Now, we're going to get to the rest of the Western Conference play and preview. We've had lines up for a little bit now. The Los Angeles Clippers taking on the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Pelicans taking on the Spurs. We've got some lopsided regular season series results in these two play-ins. I'll tell you why maybe that doesn't really matter that much when we come back. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay, so you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs... Yeah, like check out these hair. Pl- I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, <laughs> do you, you have to do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah, but I mean, like, like John Cena got it. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. Though. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. 
And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. Welcome to VEASAN's Hardwood Handicappers. Now here's your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. All right, welcome in. Hey, get everything you need to bet on baseball this season. 24-7 streaming daily best bet emails, including advice, data, and strategy for only 19 bucks. Our all-digital MLB guide at VEASAN.com available now. Adam Burke, his futures, team previews, best bets for all 30 teams, plus Jason Weingarten's MLB Futures Bets, Trends, and more. Sign up today. Get full access to VEASAN to the NFL Draft for only 19 bucks at VEASAN.com slash spring. Uh, all right, so let's clear up some stuff uh, as we're talking about the way this playoff picture shakes up. And uh, we were talking about the Boston Celtics and uh, rumors and reports about some of their unvaccinated players. Uh, the two of them, allegedly, Jalen Brown and Al Horford. Well, we do have a clearer picture on Al Horford. Uh, he was asked about this a couple of days ago. We're going to play this clip from Horford, who's expressly asked, hey, you know, what is your status? Will you be available to play? There's concern among the fan base about you guys playing a series against the Raptors and the vaccine mandate affecting things. Are you like clear on that, or is that something that would affect you? And if if it is an issue, would you reconsider your stance if you guys end up facing the Raptors? Yeah, no, we're clear on that, and um, you know I'll be able to be ready to play wherever. And it seems that that is the case, at least for Al Horford. 
this flies in the face of Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated's report on TSN that, quote, the Celtics have some unvaccinated guys. My understanding is Jalen Brown is unvaccinated. Al Horford is unvaccinated. Now, I haven't seen any clarification on whether or not Jalen Brown is indeed vaccinated. So we will see if this ends up ultimately being the case. And look, this could be all for nothing, or it could be for something if they meet Toronto in the later rounds. And uh, there's still time if an unvaccinated player wants to get the vaccine. And if they take on Toronto in the later rounds, could be available. Uh, but worth noting there is we kind of get a clearer picture on what's happening with the Celtics and some potentially um, inaccurate reporting in that regard. So, again, Boston's going to play in about 30 minutes from now, 29 minutes from now. We're going to get a clearer picture on the top of the Eastern Conference, which still remains slightly jumbled with a couple of results that are in pocket. Now, not unclear is the Western Conference play-in. So let's go here as these two matchups are set in stone. The Los Angeles Clippers are going to hit the road to take on the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's the 7-8 matchup. And the uh, San Antonio Spurs will be in New Orleans to take on the Pelicans. Let's start with Clippers and Timberwolves because it seems to be the sexiest of the two matchups. And the Clippers, of course, provide some intrigue in the entire play-in race and in the Western Conference as a whole. Paul George, of course, back in the running uh, with the Los Angeles Clippers. has been back in the fold for a little bit now. And this team has really taken off on the offensive end of the floor. And we'll get to that momentarily uh, but let's talk about what we have seen from these two teams so far because, you know, a lot of the times, as you do when you come to the postseason, you want to look at regular season matchups. Problem is, regular season matchups between these two, it was a long time ago. Timberwolves uh, down 3-1 in the regular season series, but three of the four meetings, all Clippers wins, happened in November. Uh, yes, they played that early and that consecutively at the beginning part of the regular season. And last time two, these two teams faced was on January 3rd. Minnesota ran away 122-104 at home. So, where you begin with a game like this, I believe at least, is when you're talking about transition for both teams. Minnesota is a team that wants to run. They want this to be quick. Led the league in pace. They were sixth in transition frequency, according to cleaning the glass. 16.6% of their possessions began with a transition play. So they want to get out. They want to run. They want to grab rebounds. And they want to sprint to the other side of the court, see if they can get some easy baskets. Los Angeles has actually been a pretty solid defensive team in transition. They are 11th in opponent points added per 100 possessions through changes in offense, about 26 and defensive efficiency overall in transition defense, about 123.3 is their defensive rating. So all this really comes down to, to me at least, is how the Clippers play offensively in this game. They have finished the regular season, or they're going to in that range, 24th in offensive efficiency in non-garbage time minutes the Clippers are. We're talking about 110.1 points per 100 possessions in non-garbage time minutes. But as they enter the play-in tournament now, coming up in a couple of days, if you actually factor in Paul George's return, it's a small sample size, but since Paul George has come back, you're talking about a team offensive standpoint that has put up 125.2 points per 100 possessions. George has changed things for this team. They have looked much smoother offensively, a lot more efficient offensively. I would say that you take those numbers with a little bit of a grain of salt. They played Chicago, Milwaukee, which didn't have Giannis, Drew Holiday, or Chris Middleton. Phoenix, which didn't have Chris uh, Paul, Devin, Ho- uh, Devin, Holiday, uh, Devin Booker, or... Jay Crowder. Sacramento was among their opponents as well. The Utah Jazz and that collapsed when they were up 21 in that game and ended up losing to the Los Angeles Clippers. So don't think that you you just translate over and you go, hey, this team's going to average 125 points per 100 possessions once we get to the postseason. Uh, that's probably not going to be the case. But having said that, there's a chance they can do it in one game against Minnesota because the Timberwolves have really fallen off defensively over the last couple of games. Since March 21st, the Minnesota Timberwolves defensive rating 120.8 as a result, in those nine games, they are four and five straight up, three and six against the spread. And this is where it becomes a little bit more, I think, more of a fascinating matchup when you look at the way the Clippers play versus the Timberwolves' struggles defensively as of late. Opponents have killed 
the Minnesota Timberwolves within four feet of the basket and using dribble penetration. They've allowed opponents to take 34.2% of their attempts within four feet over this losing streak. Uh, they have allowed opponents to shoot 78.4% on those shots at the rim, which has been a really big problem for them. And as a result, right, dribble, uh, dribble penetration comes with what sometimes? Kick out threes. And so as a result, you see that from the corners, opponents kind of drilling the Minnesota Timberwolves over this course. 12.4% uh, of opponent attempts have come from the corners. They're shooting about 38% from three. Now, you'd want a higher rate from the corners, but regardless, it's pretty simple what Minnesota's problems have been. They've been giving up dribble penetration. The perimeter defense hasn't been good. That leads to kick out to open shooters, especially in the corners. And if there's one team that could exploit you in terms of kicking the ball out and shooting threes, it is the Los Angeles Clippers. It's what they did to the Utah Jazz. They killed them, blowing by their perimeter defenders and kicking it out to open shooters, ping-ponging uh, ping the ball around the court and finding open three-point shots. And that was a team last year that was one of the best three-point shooting teams that we have seen from a percentage and, of course, volume standpoint. Clippers still have some of that personnel that can really take advantage of that. But to me, when you're talking about all of these things that the Clippers can potentially take advantage of and what the Minnesota Timberwolves want to do, it also comes down to rebounding here. And, of course, it's cliche to say it because, like, of course, rebounding. It's like a big part of the game. But if you look, the biggest advantage the Timberwolves have here is going to be on the glass. They come into this game seventh best in terms of offensive rebounding rate in the league. They have grabbed 28.4% of their missed attempts on the season. Really good rate for the Minnesota Timberwolves. And they are seventh best in offensive rebounding rate in half-court settings, grabbing 20, 28 flat in terms of percentage of their missed shots. Why that matters is because Los Angeles is the second worst defensive rebounding team in the league on the year. They have grabbed just 70.5% of defensive rebounds available to them on the season. They are last in second chance points allowed on the year at 15 per game. Minnesota Timberwolves in half-court settings want to grab offensive rebounds. They want to rack up second chance points Whether they're a top-five team in terms of second chance points per game offensively, the Minnesota Timberwolves. So I think when, when this comes down, like, yes, Paul George is back, and the offense could potentially be better. But at times, his offense has looked ugly and inconsistent. And that was at the beginning of the year where Paul George was there too. Remember that. And Paul George, as a rebounder, doesn't really add much. He's a solid rebounder. But is he going to take a team that is one of the worst rebounding teams in the NBA and make them uh, able to compete with a team that is one of the best in terms of grabbing misses and getting second chance points? Not entirely sure there. This number right now is Minnesota minus two and a half. Haven't seen a total yet on this one, so we'll keep looking at that uh, throughout the show. I'm sure we'll get one with all these matchups set. But I think when you look at this, Minnesota's favored by that two and a half mark. Home court this year has been worth just under two points. How that matters in the playoffs and how that is uh, how that is magnified in postseason settings, we will see. But I think ultimately that Minnesota is going to move on here and win this game and grab that seventh seed in the Western Conference. I'll also say that I selfishly hope that is the case because before the season started, I bet the Timberwolves was a plus 695 here at Circa to make the postseason. So uh, we're really, I am really hoping uh, that the Minnesota Timberwolves can pull this off. And the advantage of being in the 7-8 is even if they don't pull it off in this game, they get another crack at it, the loser of this game, because they get the winner of San Antonio and New Orleans. And let's go here because this is where it begins. Um, I think kind of interesting with San Antonio, the Spurs down the stretch have been sitting a bunch of guys. Uh, as we know, DeJounte Murray has missed five games with an illness. That's kept him out. They're also doing this thing where they're reconditioning him and bringing him back. The New Orleans Pelicans, on the other end, have cracked in this new starting lineup that we've talked about this show quite a bit now since the All-Star break that has really served them well. And um, you wonder how this sets up for a Pelicans team that does have some inherent advantages with this new starting lineup that they can roll out there against the San Antonio Spurs that seem to be a little banged up coming into this, especially when it comes to their brand new, uh, excuse me, to their uh, 
to their best player in DeJounte Murray. But let's talk about this starting lineup because if you look at the regular season series, San Antonio has the edge here. Uh, they were up 3-1 in the regular season series, now going on to take on the Pelicans. But New Orleans has not played their new starting group against the San Antonio Spurs once this season. And when you look at it from the standpoint of the advantages that New Orleans has, well, the San Antonio Spurs have been a pretty decent offensive rebounding team, which has been the bread and butter for the New Orleans Pelicans this year. And with this new group, uh, they haven't been great in terms of defensive rebounding. And you wonder how much that plays into a game against the Pelicans team that with their lineup of C.J. McCollum, Brandon Ingram, Irv Jones, Jackson Hayes, and Jonas Valanciunas are grabbing about 37 38% of their missed shots and averaging about 120 points per 100 possessions with those five on the floor. So this is going to be pretty big because while a lot of people like three-point shots and offense, especially in a game like this, we mentioned rebounding in the Minnesota-Los Angeles game, this Pelicans team from a rebounding standpoint, uh, that's what they want to do. And I like this team. Aaron Renning's been on the show and talked about it. I've upgraded them quite a bit as his ER. Uh, this is going to be a dangerous club now in a setting like this uh, where they're going to be able to game plan, get ready, and I think play a team against San Antonio that you never want to speculate on desire, but uh, not entirely sure the Spurs are are really pushing for potentially making it as an eighth seed in the Western Conference. So we'll see if the New Orleans Pelicans can pull this off and move into the postseason. I would love a Minnesota-New Orleans 7-8 uh, because, again, a uh, ticket on the Pelicans to make the playoffs at about plus 440. Selfishly, of course. All right, when we come back, let's continue talking about these matchups, and let's take a look at the Eastern Conference plans that are set as well. Tom Byrne is going to join us next. Sirius XM will get his thoughts on everything NBA in these last few games. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening later tonight. Welcome to VEASAN's Hardwood Handicappers. Now here's your host, Jonathan Von Tobel. This segment of Hardwood Handicappers brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. Zinn Nicotine Pouches, smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties. Come in two strengths. You can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. It's in America's number one nicotine pouch, available in over 100,000 locations nationwide. Meaning you can always find your Zin. Visit Zin.com slash find, locate a store near you. Warning, product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. All right, let's welcome in Tom Burns, Sirius XM. Nice enough to give us some time here um, right before his show starts, too. So that's uh, it's always tight. So we're going to get him in and get him out. All right, Tom, no fooling around. Uh, let's start here. We were talking about the West play-in before we brought you here. Uh, are you as high on this new look Pelicans team, as high as you can be on a play-in team, uh, but is you as, are you as high on New Orleans as I am coming into this play-in tournament with this new starting lineup and the changes that Willie Green has made here post-All-Star break? Well, high in terms of being able to do what? Make a run in the West? No. Be a pain in the neck come the play-in tournament? Yeah, sure. Yes. You know, that, that's something I could see happening. Let's give a little credit to David Griffin, who was taking a lot of heat, and rightfully so, because he tried to convince us, foolishly, that Zion wasn't going to miss any time. He ended up missing the entire season. But he goes out there and he brings in C.J. McCollum, you know, so despite some of the injuries, Brandon Ingram's been out for some time. All of a sudden, they look like a much better team. And they got Valanciunas when they got McCollum and they got Ingram. At least they got a big three that you can rely upon. I'm not going to wave too many pom-poms for this Western play-in. A lot of these teams don't deserve a chance to even play in. 
but I do understand where you're coming from. And I'm looking at the number, by the way. They're a five-point favorite against the Spurs, five and a half in certain shops. To me, that's about right. That's the number I would have made. Yeah, I mean, in the sense of making it into the bracket. I've got futures tickets on both the Timberwolves and the Pelicans to make the postseason. And I think really from that standpoint, I got a lot of faith in them to do so. But the fly in the ointment is the Los Angeles Clippers and Paul George. I was going through some of the numbers during this little run that they have been on offensively since Paul George has come back. Non-garbage time offensive rating of about 125. They've been picking on some teams mm. that have been sitting some guys, though, right? The, the Covington game yeah. against the uh, giannis yeah. Bucks. So what do you make of the Clippers with Paul George and in this matchup against Minnesota? Because I tend to think that, like, I go back to the beginning of the year, Tom, where Paul George is playing really good basketball, but they were wildly inefficient offensively, and those season-long yeah. numbers aren't good. No, they're not. And this is another one that I think is a sharp number, two and a half, three. I actually saw this posted, I think it was DraftKings, at one and a half, and I thought about, Minnesota at that number, but I see it's been bet the right direction. That's at two and a half, three. Clearly, they're much better with Paul George, but you mentioned the offense. You know, I know you look at the Cleveland the Glass numbers, so I'll reference theirs. I believe they're 24th offensively for one of the possessions. It's been a rough go of it sometimes. Now, with Paul Pierce back, that changes a lot, right? Norman Powell, by the way, returns. They've won five of the last six, so if you're into who's hot, coming into the play in, you got to look at the Clippers. Like that offense, which has been so bad, all of a sudden, you know, number two in the league. Now, they didn't play the greatest teams in the world, but they're number two right now over the last about two weeks. So, you know, how much do you want to put into that in terms of the handicap? I think it depends on the handicapper himself. Minnesota, let's give them some credit. They've been playing well for the most part. This is probably a sit out of it for me, uh, but you're right. The Clippers have that weird field on where you're not exactly sure which team's going to show up. The team that was a tough team to watch for much of the year or the team that over the last two weeks has really put it together offensively. And they're good enough defensively where they'll make it difficult for Minnesota. So as it stands right now, would you say dust settles in the West play in Timberwolves, Pelicans, two favorites, the ones that move on? Yeah, I'll take the two favorites. Again, I think those numbers are pretty sharp. You know, I'm looking at the East. I see some value there. I know that the Nets are always going to take some money because Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. That's why a lot of us have made a good amount of money fading them. And if that gets to eight and a half, I think you got to take that, J.B. Tate. And I'm curious your thoughts, and I hate to direct the conversation to the East, but I'm much more interested in the East for a number of reasons, mm-hmm. but even the play-in. I don't know that the Hawks should be a five-point favorite in their own building against the Hornets. Sure. Um, you know, I'm not saying John Collins is the biggest deal in the world, but they still don't have him back. It's Atlanta team. You know, everybody keeps waiting for them to morph into the team that made the Eastern final run last year. I said at the time I thought it was going to be an anomaly, an outlier. You know, the Hornets aren't great, but I'll take five points with Charlotte. That's the number that's Peaking my interest here early. I would agree with that. And you talk about like regularly playing against teams and making some money. That stretch in March where the Hawks were just laying some of these fat numbers in the market for some reason. Ridiculous. You thought that they were that Eastern Conference team. When in reality, too, Tom, I think we kind of forget. Right. You don't want to use the F word, but it was a somewhat fraudulent run to the Eastern Conference Finals given the fact that Philadelphia collapsed. So this team has been power right. to the moon, and it's why they are, yeah. of course, I think like 44 43% against the spread this year. So I would agree with that sentiment. Uh, but let's talk about the Nets really quickly before we get you out of here, too, because yeah. that Nets team, we, we have this conversation, right, where it's like, hey, man, these teams are jockeying for position, trying to avoid Brooklyn. I don't think that's the case. This team is bad defensively. The Pacers today have a defensive yeah. rating of over 120 against them. At one point, it's, you know, it's like a two-possession game against the Pacers. I don't think anybody, especially if you're Boston or Brooklyn, should be fearing the, or should be Boston or Milwaukee, should be fearing the Brooklyn Nets. Well, here's the way I look at it. It seems unfair to have to deal with the Brooklyn Nets as a seven or a potential eight seed. Mm-hmm. Like, they're much better because of the presence of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. 
than a typical seven or eight seed should be. But you're 100% right. The idea now that Brooklyn's the team to beat, and not a lot of people are still holding on to that, but there are some Fairweather fans that I've talked to on Matt Dark Sports Radio that still believe that. That's ridiculous. And the odds makers hung on to that notion for too long as well. They just don't defend. I mean, their defense is horrific, and that includes Kevin Durant. I know everybody in the world, you know, the cliche thing to do now is Kevin Durant, greatest player in the world. All right, I don't see that. He doesn't defend. He's a great offensive player. I still think he's got a high enough ceiling where he can lock down from time to time, but they're missing defenders. Now, Ben Simmons had played and had become acclimated to what it is to be a Brooklyn net. You know, that might change the equation a little bit, and I still wouldn't be shocked if he's plugged in there at some point. He'll make a big difference because they're going to get buckets. But is anybody going to trust Brooklyn to get a stop when they need it? I don't think. I'd be shocked if they beat Milwaukee. I really would be. And that is the hot rumor that uh, Ben Simmons could be making a return here in the postseason yep. for the Brooklyn Nets. All right, last one before you, before we get you out of here, man. Uh, Philadelphia, yeah. ceiling is what? Ceiling is still to make a run to the finals, but it's becoming more and more unlikely. I've been fading them quite a bit up late. I'm sure you have as well. Yep. I mean, bottom line is same with tonight at Detroit with the points. They just haven't looked like the team many envisioned them being with James Harden. I don't think he's been as bad as people want to make it seem. It's all relative to expectations. But what they got is the guys about a top 20, 25 player, not a guy's a top two to five player. And so people are very disappointed. The thing that bugs me is what happened to the step back three? Like I know the burst isn't there and maybe it's partially due to his lifestyle. Maybe he needs to realize, you know what? My body needs more rest. He doesn't have the same burst in theory though. The step back jumper should still be there and it's been inconsistent. That's what would worry me. And then of course you've got the reality that James Harden doesn't typically raise the level of his game, in the postseason. So they're the type of team, JVT, where you could create an argument. They lose to Toronto in the first round, but then, you know, they beat Toronto, then they got a full head of steam and beat one of the tougher guards in the league. You could also, at the same time, envision a long run. So low floor, high ceiling. Oh, yeah. I've got that Toronto matchup circled. I got that Raptors uh, plus price circled, whatever it's going to be when it comes out. We'll see if that's, unless it's like plus 105, but uh, then we'll see what it is. Hey, Tom, and by the way, your point about Harden, uh, what I think is interesting is the step back three is not there, but he's really relying on it because, like you said, he's got no, he's got no blow by anymore. So he's relying on it, but it's been wildly inconsistent. Like he's not even hitting rim sometimes with some of these shots. Oh, it's absurd. It really is. Again, I don't want to make it seem like he's been garbage because no. that's the narrative in some places, which is ridiculous. And you look at his net swing numbers like that. He's clearly affected the game in positive ways and he's made life for Embiid a little easier. But when you have a high usage guy like James Harden, who has been, you know, very, very good in terms of getting others involved, relatively speaking. But still, it's James Harden. He's going to dribble the ball an awful lot. He needs to be more efficient. The question is, are we trusting him to do that now when the spotlight gets brighter? That has not typically been his M.O. So I understand why a lot of guys are down on Philly. Believe me, I've been fading them left and right again tonight. I, I had the Pacers yesterday. I was a lucky cover. But bottom line is, I don't want to completely write them off because this is the NBA. More times than not, teams with the best players win. If they play Toronto in the first round, the first two draft picks off the board, in my opinion, are still Embiid and Harden. You can make an argument for Van Vliet, but that's also why there's a lot of pressure on Doc Rivers because the matchup, you know, there's Toronto 6'7", 6'8", all athletes can get out of run. Isn't a great one for Philly. Does Doc have the adjustments necessary? Hard to say the answer is yes, considering his history, although he thinks he's better than Greg Popovich. That's another story. <laughs> yeah. Tom Byrne, at one Tom Byrne up on Twitter, Mad Dog Sports Radio, Series 6M. Tom, good to talk to you, man. Thank you for the time. Anytime. Yep, you got it. Have a good show, bud. Tom Byrne, again, Series 6M, NBA Radio. I could not agree more. We're going to get into the details of that series coming up here in the next hour, which it looks like that is going to be a series, a first-round matchup, 4-5 between Philadelphia and Toronto. 
Uh, and if that is indeed going to be the case, I think, and Tom you know, voiced some of it, I think that is a matchup nightmare for the Philadelphia 76ers. And uh, James Harden, I would agree with the sentiment. Harden is, uh, I don't think, the biggest issue for the Philadelphia 76ers. I, I think their biggest issue is the lack of depth behind Joel Embiid. And we'll get to some of those numbers because the defensive numbers are just atrocious for Philadelphia whenever Joel Embiid leaves the floor. So we'll have all of that in the second hour. We're going to take a look and keep track because all of these games now, because now over the next two hours, we're getting the top of the Eastern Conference settled. Boston's going to be in action. Philadelphia's going to be in action. So we'll see the results of those two games and how the rest of the 2-3-4 shakes out for the Eastern Conference. And then we get all of the Western Conference playoff scenarios, which we haven't really even touched on yet. Dallas Mavericks got something to play for, potentially, as do the Golden State Warriors and the Utah Jazz. We'll hit that end. Our buddy Will Hill will be with us, host of the New York City cast. Get a little bit more deep-divey on the Brooklyn Nets, what could potentially hold them back, and what they're looking at in the play-in round against the Cleveland Cavaliers. Stay here. Albert Handicap. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.